The ABC's word wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rowley Sussex. It's that time of the day, the ABC's word wizard, Rowley Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, is here, willing and able to talk with you about words, language and linguistics. Good afternoon, Roland, a.k.a. Rowley, a.k.a. Uh, what else? You want to talk about name and what's in a name, Rowley? Hello. Uh, what, very much so, uh, and I might address you as Ophinaide, because the name Feeney was originally Irish and it meant a soldier. And it was spelt F-I-A-N-N-A-I-D-H-E. So there you go. I think we were soldiers who hung out in trees. Oh, uh, anyway. that was perhaps several million years earlier than that. Oh, yeah. well, okay. Uh, Rolly, why are you interested in names today? Okay. But no, I was thinking about gender. And it struck me that our surnames, in English anyway, don't tell you anything about the gender of the person, although they do in some other languages that I'll get to in a moment. But it's your first name which gives away the gender. Now, there are a few first names in English which can be either male or female. Leslie, but it's usually E-Y if you're female and I-E if you're male. And there are, I've known some Robins of both genders. And in German, the name Maria, M-A-R-I-A, can be male or female. But other than that, there's a very clear division in English between your surname, which is gender neutral, and your first name, which will give an identity for you in terms of male or female. Not so in Russian. Uh, you might have heard of the Russian physiologist Pavlov, who did about the salivating dogs and things, but then there was a Pavlova. And the A on the end means it's a female, and Pavlova was in fact a very famous ballerina. So in Slavic languages like Russian and Polish and so on, an A on the end of your surname says that you're female. And if you happen to be Polish as well, it's even more than that because the, the new leader of Poland is going to be Donald Tusk, T-U-S-K. His wife would be Tuskova, O-W-A, and his daughter would be Tuskovna. So you know whether she's married or not as well. Gee whiz, that's interesting, Roly. What else can you tell us? In Icelandic, your, your surname changes every generation because in Icelandic you, you are named after your dad. Now, that's, that's patronymic and there are lots of languages that do that. But let's say your name is Stefan, in my case. Then I would be, uh, sorry, let, let's say my dad was Stefan. I would be Stefansson, which is son of Stefan. But my children would be children of Roland and they would be Rolandsson. However... Stefan's daughter, that's my sister, would be Stefan's daughter, meaning Stefan's daughter. And the ch it changes every generation unless you happen to have the same generation of the father with the same name in one after the other. Which makes doing genealogy in Iceland really tricky, yeah, except that they have the best ever DNA of everybody in the country, 300 and something thousand, that's right, 100 and something thousand people. So they can chase them back that way. Wow. But your names, we, did, we had no surnames until about 1400. When did the middle name come about, Rolly? Been around a long time. Um, and it's often because you have a religious uh, component in your name or a family one. And it was in some, uh, some countries, it's the 
given thing that you would probably have a first name which would evoke some saint or other, you know, like Maria or something like that, but your second name might well be the name of a grandfather or grandmother or uncle or aunt or so on. And in German, even recently, there are people with about eight first names, mm-hmm. uh, eight forenames, you know, recalling various different bits of the family. In England, it's uh, two is standard, one is unusual, Three is getting a bit unusual, but not that unusual. Um, But the interesting thing about that is that in some families, it's the second name, the one that's closest to your surname, that the one you're known by. And in fact, that happens in Germany as well. Mozart was Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And he was known to his friends and everybody else as Amadeus, which is why the film was called Amadeus. Because the first name was a kind of family first name, Bach was called Johann, and he had Johann Friedrich and Johann Christian. Those were his sons, and it was by the second name that you could tell one from the other. Boy, 1300 222612 is the telephone number. That's 1300 222612. If you would like to have a word in Professor Rowley Sussex's ear, maybe about your name, your family's name, or the... uh, history, the traditions, the culture associated with uh, naming that you grew up with. You might have a uh, different or unique naming convention. Maybe you've cooked up your own name because, Rolly, that's starting to happen a lot, isn't it, where people are blending names. They're blending names and some parents create a unique name so that their children will have something that no other child has which in one way is a really nice compliment. You know, my child is one off. But in the other, from the other point of view, I think the child's going to spend their life spelling it for everybody else because they haven't seen it around. It can be problematic. But the, one of the things I mentioned a moment ago, we'd had no surnames in England until about 1400. Because before that, unless you were noble, like Simon de Montfort, you know, from Montfort, and he was an, a, a, a French nobleman, until, unless you were noble, you were just David or Robert or whatever. And then they did a poll tax act in 1379. Now, poll just means your head. So they were counting heads and they wanted everybody over 16 to pay tax. And so they had to have a decent record of all the people who they were going to hit for the tax. And people started naming where they were going to have for their other name. So in my case, my uh, my ancestors obviously and they ended up in the west of England but they came from Sussex and probably sounded strange so they called them Sussex but then there are people called Ireland and England and Englander and Birmingham and Manchester and Hull and York so the place where you came from or you were associated with could give you another name which would serve to distinguish you from other people even more so they're called patronymics and that's like the Icelanders patronymic is a name after your dad so David would have, you know, he called Davidson. My dad was David, and I'm the son of David, Davidson. And similarly, Johnson, son of John, Peterson, son of Peter, Robertson, Williamson. If you were in Scotland, you were MacDonald, and that meant son of Donald. And if you were in Ireland, you were O'Neill, which meant son of Neil. And if you happened to be of noble French origin, you were Fitzwilliam. Because the French, FITs is, it? Fitz is, is French. I didn't know that. Okay. Right. Fitz is French. Fitzwilliam. The name William is Guillaume, which is French as well. And Fitz is the French word fils, F I L S, which means son of. So all of these are patronymics. They're giving you a name from your father, which is one way of uh, identifying you, which is what the Jews and the Arabs do.
Boy, the dads really got a look in, didn't they? How about the mums? Not often. There are a few matrilineal societies, in other words, where the name and sometimes the wealth goes down through the mother's side, but only very few. I'm afraid the history has been very unfair and it's about time we fixed it. Mind you, calling Davidson um, David's mum and Johnson John's mum or something, that wouldn't quite work. So we've got some thinking to do. Okay, Professor Rolly Sussex with you, your Lord of Language. My name's Kat and it's 25 minutes past two. You're on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. It's Thursday, it's Words Day and Rolly's here having a word in your ear. Rolly David at Camp Hill, uh, Davidson. Uh, it, it, wouldn't it be great if you were David Davidson, but you're probably not, are you, David? Hello? I'm not, I'm just plain David. Just David, that's all good. What would you like to know or say? Um... Well, just just one interesting little thing. I used to be a school bus driver and used to go to a little hippie school. This is in Lismore. And there is one little girl called Tantu Butterfly. I'm just wondering what she feels about it now. (laughs) Oh, well, that's poetic and it's distinctive and it's different. Um, You can, of course, change your name, but it's quite a kerfuffle associated with it because your name is one of the things that people regard as being most distinctively your property. And if someone make, starts making fun of your name, that's a bad thing to do. It's really assaulting them. Which is the tricky thing, I guess, then about naming and how women have usually been taking men's names. So that sort of, again, well, raises yeah. another interesting question about identity, doesn't it? But let's move on. Uh, David at Campbell, no, well, the, you wanted to talk about uh, something that's been annoying you for some time. What is it, David? For a long time. The word absolutely. Oh, absolutely, yes. as far as I'm concerned, means without a shadow of doubt, mm-hmm. 100%. And yes. the number of people that you use it incorrectly is, is mm-hmm. outnumbers the people that use it correctly about 10 to 1. That's probably a conservative number. Um, the story is that uh, Prince, now King Charles, was being interviewed one day and he wanted a word which was more emphatic than just yes, which he thought was a bit, bit feeble under the circumstances. So he said absolutely. And everybody did an emperor's new clothes and started following him. And particularly with younger people. Um, absolutely and awesome, uh, took off around about the same time and became enormously more numerous than they had been before. I agree with you. I, I will only very exceptionally say absolutely to mean yes. Um, it can mean yes, very emphatically so, but the more you use it, the weaker it gets because when you overuse words, they lose their punch. And I think you're quite right. It's, uh, it's run, its, run its race and it's about time we found something else. Thank you, David. Michael on the Gold Coast. G'day, Michael. Go ahead. Uh, Good afternoon, Rolly. I was reading in the paper uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, a review of Trent Dalton's uh, latest book, and they used the word quivari, Q-U-I-V-A-R-I. Yes. It's a very unusual and rare name. Um, It's mainly American. I've only ever seen it applied to Americans and males as that. Uh, and I have never, ever known someone called either Quivari or Kivari. I'm not quite sure whether it's pronounced the Spanish exactly. way or yes, not. I'm not sure either. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I, I thought it, the way it was used, it might have been a cohort sort of, you know, people sort of thing. Yeah. Mm, I think it is a proper name. It's a first name, but it's very unusual. And if you do a search for it on Google, you'll probably find, you know, several tens of thousands of hits, which means it's almost almost not there. 
Thank you. Uh, Michael on the Gold Coast, moving now, Rolly, to Charters Towers. Mm-hmm. And Bob. Now, Bob, we've been speaking about names this afternoon. Is Bob your name on your birth certificate or is it, is it a nickname, Bob? Just no, it's, it's a nickname. My yeah. proper name's Robert. But Robert? Uh, the only, only yeah. time I used to get called Robert was when I was a little far and I did something very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if so. it was really, yeah, well, I got called Robbie if it was if it was serious. If it was very serious, I got called Robert. And I, yes. I was, I was in, it, in it deep then. Yeah, that's like when I get Catherine. I know I've done something wrong. Now, listen, Bob, uh, what's your question for Rolly? Uh, the uh, the boy's name's Stephen, so mm. it can be spelled S-T-E-V-E-N or S-T-E-P-H-E-N. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. How come the P-H is not pronounced as an F but suddenly pronounced as a V? Historical reasons, and I think that uh, the V was probably, it may well go back to King, the King of Hungary, who was called Stephen around about the year 1000. Uh, but very well spotted, because that is, I think, one of the very few PHs which is a V in English. And there are some people who insist very strongly that they're either V Stephens or PH Stephens. Um, in other countries, it's an F. Stefan is the one in Iceland, also in Germany. Um, and so there are variations of spelling, but I think usually when it's pronounced at all, it's an F, not a V, except in England. So you, you get an ice cream for a very good bit of observation. Well done. Thanks, Rolly. See ya. Okay. Thanks, Bob at Charters Towers. To Noosa and John. Hi, no- hi Noosa. John, what's up? Good afternoon, uh, both both people. Uh, the, the, the piece that... Uh, the uh, professor was just talking about. Can he just leave me with that, as in the John, like going to the John? But that isn't oh. why I rang up. <laughs> that isn't why I rang up. I rang up to find out some advice because the politicians, evidently, it's their last day today. They obviously, obviously have got an 11-month calendar. There's no December. Uh, but uh, they always talk when we get that uh, thing on, uh, you know, direct from Parliament House and uh, the... Uh, What's the other part where they have the hour in the afternoon gets broadcast? But lots of them keep saying that the the uh, one-liner, my advice. Now, I thought my advice was when you gave someone advice, but they mm. keep saying that's the advice that comes to them. And the other one I thought of while I was uh, sitting on hold is the other one that was used was under the pump. Now, under the pump, that's the filler in your car, isn't it, when you used to fill up... That, Fill up from a forty-four gallon drum. You were, mm. the, the filler was under the pump. Uh, all right. My my advice is um, the way politicians say. Um, I'm not necessarily vouching for his, for this fact or whatever, but it is what has been reported to me by members of my staff. So it, it literally means I am advised that, uh, but they're they're shortening it. And so my advice is that you're quite right. It's 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 flipped around from I'm providing advice to I'm receiving advice and I'm now transmitting it so well well observed um, under the pump nobody knows quite where that one comes from but they think it might have been uh, possibly associated with fires and, and fire pumps in the in the past I'll have another look to see if anyone's come up with a recent um, uh, explanation for that one but I think petrol is probably a bit too recent hmm. yes John thank you uh, to Sam now at Maroochydore hi Sam hi how are you Good, thank you. What would you like to know? Yeah, my uh, my middle name is Sinjin, uh, and it's spelt S T J O S N, like Frank John. Why mm. is it pronounced Sinjin? 
It's British. Um, and the, uh, the British have a tendency with words that they used frequently to drop vowels. And so St. John or St. John becomes St. John. And uh, if you are in Britain and someone's got that name and you say St. John, they'll, they'll look down their noses at you. So it's, um, if you think about British place names, you know, Sister is Sisister, and Beauchamp is Beecham, and Featherstone Hoare is Fanshawe. The British have a dreadful habit of dropping out vowels and shortening words, and yours, and it's a very distinguished name, that one, by the way, um, has oh, got a very long right. history, being of, and but only pronounced Sinjin for those who know. Okay, there you go. Thank you very there much. You it's, yeah, it's always been, when I'm in trouble... It's always been Sinjin. <laughs> Insist on it. You're dead right. <laughs> thank you, Sam. Uh, Simone in Wilston. Uh, thank you for holding. Simone, what would you like to know? No worries. I am wondering about double barrel names and where they came from. You mentioned mm -hmm. um, that most names are patronym patronymic. Patronymic, um, well so done. I'm wondering, how do you get two patronymic names? Right. They're not patronymics because you I would... I've never seen someone called, say, Davidson Robertson. Uh, if you get a double-barreled name, it's usually got, if it's got one bit with a son in it, the other one won't be. But sometimes uh, when people got married, they would agree that particularly the wife would bring with her her father's name or another family name as a way of indicating that they were uh, a a linking of two families, and that's become quite common more recently, where the old habit of the wife taking the husband's name has been a lot weakened. Um, it's now quite possible for men to take their wife's name, which was before only available in the 18th century if your wife had lots of money and you'd married above yourself. But there are, there are some people with three names in English. Uh, it's very unusual. Um, two names is relatively unusual, but often is a uh, noble or some rather distinguished background. Unless you happen to be Spanish or Portuguese. And if you're Spanish or Portuguese, then you, uh, there's a rule about uh, when you get married, so the woman takes her father's name plus mother's name until the next generation. So you'll find Spanish people with two names, all right, the first one um, coming, I think, from their father and the next one from their mother, and then that flips over the next generation, so the name changes again. Hmm. The Portuguese do the same thing in reverse. Hmm. And as far as uh, taking your husband's name is concerned, in Greece, according to a, rule, a law of 1983, the woman must keep her birth name, may not take her husband's name. In Japan, the woman must take her husband's name. In China, a woman keeps her maiden name. And uh, in Korean, a wife keeps the surname, but the children may take either the father's or the mother's name. And it is a real dog's dinner. And Kat, if you were in China, say, you would be Feeney, Catherine, not the other way around. There you go. Okay. Uh, lots to think about with names and words and language and linguistics. Thank goodness for you, Rolly. Uh, Rolly Sussex, your Lord of Language, by the way. If you've just joined in, you're on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. I'm Kat, and it's 25 minutes to three. Uh, nearly time for your last word, Rolly, but we've got to squeeze in a few calls first. Jeff in Rockhampton. Hi, Jeff. It's about your surname, is it? Hello. Yes, thanks, Kat, and good, uh, good afternoon, Rolly. Um, yes, my surname is Bradley. Um, my father tells me that his grandfather, uh, his name was Angus Bradley, came from, well, he believed he was a, a red-headed uh, Scotsman, 
Um, yeah, so it's been in the in the family for some generations, but now there's a lot of men that are that have their first name as Bradley. Uh, so um, yes, it's just it can be a bit confusing, I think, Evan. Helen, we have a minister at the moment who's Grace Grace, with the same name for a forename and a surname, which is unusually. You you could be Bradley Bradley in theory, but I don't think people would tend to do that very much. By the way, Bradley is is now quite famous about doing a Bradley, which means when you win unintentionally, named after the skater at the Olympics, Bradbury. everybody else fell over. Yeah. Bradbury, I beg Bradbury. your pardon, yeah. you're dead right, yes. Uh, and that is a name which has become famous in Australia for a different reason. But he was a very a very uh, noble winner on the day. And a good Queenslander besides. Uh, Jeff, thank you. Bill, uh, we'll just keep moving because a couple of calls still to get to uh, before Lovely. our time with you at an end, Rolly. Uh, Bill at Ormo on the Goldie. Hello. Yeah, hi, Kat, Rolly. A uh, quick question about changing surnames. Our family name is Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, yes. and there's never been any evidence of links to France, and we wondered how we got it. Um, my father recently found out that um, a patriarch of the family came out from Russia in the 1800s whose surname was Marianovich. Now, mm. he selected Lewis at random because he thought as a Marianovich he wouldn't get work. How common is it, like when you're especially doing genealogy, that back mm -hmm. in the 1800s, surnames were changed at random and that, like, Dad's really struggled to find this because there was no link, no obvious link from Lewis mm -hmm. to Marianovich. Was it yep, common? Uh it was common, and particularly with people coming to live in English-speaking countries, a lot of Jewish people who arrived in the, the 19th century at Ellis Island in New York, which was the entry point for new, new arrivals, um, the Jewish people didn't have surnames, and so the, the uh, immigration officers would say, okay, you can be called Goldblatt, which is gold leaf, or Applebaum, which is Apfelbaum, which is apple tree, and so on, and they just gave names like that. Other people, there was a bloke called Lenny Pascoe who played cricket for New South Wales, and I think his name was either Serbian or Croatian Paskovic, but he thought that people couldn't pronounce that, so he changed it to Pasco to make it accessible to the poor old Anglos who couldn't pronounce it. Um, I'm pleased to say that nowadays we're getting better able to pronounce foreign names, uh, particularly in tennis. The commentators are doing a great job, and so we are more respectful of people's names and they're not feeling as if they've got to change. But Marianovich um, would have been a bit of a mouthful for someone who <laughs> didn't speak Russian. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks, Bill. And last but by no means least, thank you, Anthea, uh, north of the Sunshine Coast, for patiently holding. Uh, what would you like to know? Oh, hi. Um, I'd like to know why Gary has one R or two R's. Yes, good one. Uh, Okay, this one, I the original one, I believe, was R, one R, but normally if you're going to pronounce A, then you need two R's, all right? Um, f uh, ferocious or whatever, something like that. With, with, sorry, bad example. But the, the fact that the A is going, if you're going to be Gary rather than Gary, two R's will force the pronunciation of A, and I think that's how it probably came about. I'll do a little bit of work because I've never actually checked that one. Thank you for the puzzle. I'll see if, I, if there's a story. Thanks, Anthea. Well done. Uh, Professor Rowley Sussex, oh, it's always so much fun talking language and linguistics with you on Thursday Words Days. Have you a last word for us today? do from Phyllis Diller, who is an American comic and a very good one. And she once said, I do dinner in three phases. Serve the food, clear the table 
and bury the dead. Rolly, a pleasure and a privilege. (laughs) Thanks, Kat. Thank you so much. (laughs) Professor Rolly Sussex, your Lord of Language, on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland every Thursday, that's Words Day, from 2pm. If you want more Rolly, you can have it. Uh, Just subscribe to the podcast, the Word in Your Ear podcast, through the ABC Listen app. And make sure you follow ABC Brisbane on the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, because usually behind-the-scenes footage of uh, Rolly's sessions with you is shared there uh, in video format. It's always a lot of fun. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au slash Brisbane.